glint of something slightly dangerous and slightly unhinged in his eye. You probably have to have that to face Dan Ronaldo, and he has done that, and he's got all the cards now. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM, with Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. It's the final weekend of uh, Women's National League action. It's a three-horse race heading into the weekend. Shells on top, 57 points Wexford, ahead of their trip to Wexford, who were on 56 points, and then Athlone hoping for a draw there, and they are on 55 points. So delighted to say we're joined on the line by the Wexford manager Stephen Quinn ahead of their trip to, uh, to uh, their game against Shells, and the Athlone manager Tommy Hewitt ahead of their trip to Bowles. Morning, lads. I hope I've captured that uh, as succinctly as I possibly could short story Stephen for you to begin with it's in your hands yeah look it's if you told us the start of the season um, what way the season would pan out with different things um, that you had more as kind of a cup final in Ferry Carrick on the last day of the season um, you would talk that so that's what we have now at the moment we have to go win the game so that's where our preparations have been and we're looking forward to Saturday you've been very close obviously over the last few years but I don't think Correct me if I'm wrong, that you've had it in your hands going into the last uh, round of games. No, like even look back to last year, we we actually, it's the same thing really. We played Shell's last game of the season and we had them in the cup final the, the week after. But we were knocked out probably two weeks before that. We lost to Galway, so it didn't really mean anything. Um, it was 3 2 on the night. Shell's went 3 up and we kind of fought back a little bit just out of, I suppose, pride. Like, but. Was not you had that feeling going to Tulka that you know, the season was over. We're just kind of looking after for the world for the for the cup final, like and, and now looking and at loan beat us in a, in a cup semi final. So you don't have that cushion to fall back on now. So it's all or nothing on Saturday. And the league is massive for us, and, and a lot of girls have won this league and know that it brings Champions League football. So um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, girls looking forward to this match, and it's going to be a really good game between two good teams. Are you actually privately happy, Stephen, that a draw won't necessarily do where it's like, no, just win the game? Yeah, sometimes that can be, you can have that in the back of your mind. And and even, I suppose, last weekend as well, like if you come into the last two games, we needed four points. Um, so we got a point last week against, against um, Pease. Like, and when a game comes to the end and it's three all, and there's a couple of minutes left, and you're thinking, do we go and push on to win it or do we just not lose it? Um, so that is in your mind. But now, that's gone out of your mind now going for Saturday when you know there's three points is so you're going to have to go after them you're going to have to go and score goals and you're going to have to try and be better in both boxes defensively and attack than shells which is no mean task Have you been driving that home this week about the, the nature of it being in your hands and the nature of needing the win? Yeah look and it's I'm, I'm relatively new into the management I suppose took over last year halfway through and I've worked with Tom closely over the last three years and it's a different kind of feeling going into the the cup final is great, you know that's there at the end of the season. Like, but the league is is a fair slog. It's twenty seven games, and it's, we've ups, we've downs, we've players that are injured. Now we've two players like Ellen Malai got injured probably three, four weeks ago, and we've Della Darley that dislocated her knee on Saturday, so they, both of them are out this weekend, and it's just kind of like that kind of season where there's been ups and downs, and it's every team um, have it like so. It's it's going to be tough. Um, we're under no illusions, but everyone's really really excited. And trend this week was good, apart from the monsoon on Tuesday night. Um, we had a good training session last night and um, we're all ready to go for Saturday Yeah. well Tommy on the other line is uh, hoping that the two you play out a, a neat draw and opens the door for him momentum uh, Tommy is I mean very much it's a big thing in sport and very much in your favour at the minute because you've beaten Galway Treaty United Wexford Shells the last four weeks running 
Yeah, um, look, it's, it's a game that all we can do is concentrate and try and win our own game and what will be will be down in Wexford and, you know, two superb teams going at it down there and I'm predicting there will be a winner. So, look, we, we, as Stephen said, alluded to there, we have the added bonus of a cup final to look after or look forward to the week the week after and for even that loan to be in this at this stage of the season is, is phenomenal from our point of view but, you know, be up there with the likes of Wexford and Shelburne coming into this stage of the season is just fantastic for us. Will you talk to us a little bit about that, Tommy? Because, like, I have watched some uh, some games of TG Carr over the last few weeks. One of them was the two 0 win at Lone's two 0 win over over Shells a few weeks back, and like playing some really good football, doing it looked really comfortable in that in that company for a team that didn't exist a few years ago. For a team that were fifty points off Shells last year, how's it all come together so quickly? Yeah, I think a small bit of continuity and consistency within within the group and you know I said to myself last year after going to the places like Wexford and losing 7-1 and you know did we want to be going around this season looking to you know to pick up them type of results no we didn't so we, we got together as a group we set goals and targets and we've we've achieved most of them so far and you know the girls have been fantastic and you know we're a young side and we look at Wexford the last number of years you know, I remember Kylie Murphy doing an interview saying that when they came into the league, they they took some hammerings too. And look where they are now. And we aspire to be like the team, like Wexford and you know Shelburne. And um, the girls are just they're solely driven, and you know they want to achieve at this level and no bigger stage in the next two weeks. It must feel, Tommy, like I know um, your your own playing career obviously um, didn't materialise to the extent it might have because of injury and all that. Um, and you've seen the highs and lows of the League of Ireland, but. This must feel like, in terms of the women's game in Ireland, you're somewhere at the start of a revolution here collectively. Yeah, look, it's a special time for women's football, obviously, with the with senior ladies qualifying for the World Cup. And as I said, our own league, since I've come into it the last three or four years, you know, it's, it's going from strength to strength. And um, I've seen a massive, massive improvement. I'm sure Stephen and the guys will echo that. And Andrew and coach and the players, the professionalism, even though they're not professional you know, by by payment or anything like that, but by the way the, the players act professionally and the games, you know, any of my friends that go to games now, it's just fantastic that, you know, they, they wouldn't have went to a women's game five or six years ago and now they just can't get enough of it. They're always wondering when is their next game and they're travelling to away games. And that can only, you know, be, be, be um, I suppose, going forward, that can only stand to the, to the game here in Ireland. I, I think, Stephen, I think just that point as well, Tommy makes it, um, Go United has taken over the running of the women's team next year and I've seen from other clubs that it's almost like um, you get a bigger family and everyone is now kind of under the same umbrella but it also offer, offers opportunities we'll say for the likes of like we've had Donna Reardon who was the you know the Go United manager coach and the women Alan Murphy's you, you get these people who kind of go between and it offers coaching opportunities and um you know, it's. I imagine it's it's very exciting to be part of that to see where it might go. Yeah, definitely. And I can even three years ago when I came into this league and and to now the the level has definitely increased. Be it coaching, preparation, the amount of effort that goes into to match days, and, and like Tommy said, these girls are not professional footballers. Like, but everything structure clubs are trying to do is try and give them as close as possible to that, and be nutritionists, S and C coaches, access to gyms. GPSs so as much as we can we're prep, prepping these players and then away from the pitch because you like even with us we, we train in Carlo and choose the Thursday nights and it's a bit of a travel for some players like mm. so two other nights of the week the girls are gymming and 
you know, doing other programs as well. So taking it a little bit off the road, like so. These the girls are probably going out of the seven days, we're going five days at least, like committed to the to this, and never any complaints, never anything, and that's hopefully. And I heard a conversation with with Joey, and maybe in the line down, there's par contracts, maybe semi semi pro contracts and stuff like that. But um, you know, the girls deserve that. But at the moment, these girls are are playing at the highest level and putting in a massive amount of work and you know, getting the rewards this time of season, especially when you're in contention for stuff. But like that, the <coughs> sorry. The, the managers you come across everyone is just so like how we always say there's no secrets in football like so you have a chat with anyone really and and we're all we're all like the managers together are, are really kind of we chat to each other you know, not before matches but after the matches like that and um, it's great to see everyone progressing through like and there's some really good coaches and managers in this league now and, and there's probably a lot more to come in now over the next couple of years Can I just get you on that so you're you're referencing a really lovely interview Joey Malone did and again speaking about the connection Joey Malone was the manager of Galway United when we won essentially the only trophy we ever won worth talking about which is the FAI Cup in 1991 Former Athlone manager as well Tommy Athlone tell you there yeah. um, so you're going back 31 yeah. years but just seeing on that this is something now I wasn't really aware of in terms of the and again we can relate to this in the League of Ireland but we're now in terms of the men's game we're now getting proper money for players I would argue this is something in terms of the semi-professional aspect of the game that could have massive benefits going forward if you get it right yeah look you said at the end of your, your question there if we get it right mm. um, there's there's a lot to go in there's a lot of stuff like it's to say that we should get the players on semi-pro contracts and that like it's just like you would have looked at Galway come out with a with a figure that they they had to running costs for this for this year, and that's why they've maybe set back from it. Like and that's that's around most clubs. Like and you're, when you're talking about paying players again, you're adding another probably doubling that. Um, so like not every club is not going to be able to do that. And then what will happen is some clubs will have it and some clubs won't. Like and it become monopoly with players and stuff. And that's what we just don't want to happen because. So do you essentially need FAI help then? Like, because we, I mean, Adrian and I speaking about Shamrock Rovers getting more for the point in the third tier of, um, you know, European combat than they will for winning the league. So, you know, th- there's a massive reward here, obviously, but I mean, let's be honest, it's very hard to fund, um, wages at this level. So how does it work? Yeah, look, there's, there's funding's going to have to come from somewhere because clubs were run by volunteers and we're we sponsors and and you know yourself if anyone's been involved as a volunteer and you're getting sponsorship in for whatever level of football it is it's very tough and players like we've energy and now come in and the players don't pay for subs which probably three four years ago they would have to pay four or five hundred euro to pay in this league like so every year we're progressing and girls are getting expenses now and Every year we're trying to progress, progress like so. It's just about the, the body of money that's going to be needed to, to really push on the game for every club. Because what you don't want to have, we have 10 clubs, maybe 11 next year. And then over the next two or three years, clubs start dropping away. And then the league doesn't come as competitive as it is now. Like, and I think everyone wants to be competitive. And I'm definitely all for it. The players definitely deserve um, to be paid for what they're doing and commitment. I just want to make sure that the structure of everything is in place. And like things have gone past before in different leagues and stuff. That you just don't want this to come in for a year or two, and then it just um, just stops, and then we take ten steps backwards after taking fifteen forward, like over the last couple of years. Like so, it's it's very important for for me. That's my own personal opinion. Mm. Um, it's not the opinion of Wexford or anything else. It's my personal opinion. I I want to see the growth of the women's game in, in Ireland more than anyone. But I just want to make sure everything's put in place properly before we jump ahead with it. Um, but like I said, the girls definitely deserve this. What would you say, Tommy? 
Yeah, I'd just like to echo what Stephen's saying there. Look, there's a lot of moving parts, obviously, that have to, you know, take place over the next couple of seasons. And we throw out the word, you know, semi-professional very easy. And you see a lot of clubs, even the men's side of it, you know, who struggled over the last number of years, you know, when it comes down to paying money to players and contracts and that kind of stuff. But we definitely need to do something, you know, fairly soon to stop our better players wanting to go to different leagues in different countries become professional or semi-professional and um, but that's the nature of football it's the nature of sport and you know the funding side of it is going to be very very hard to come by you know if, if we all know what happened over the recent last number of years in terms of funding you know from the FEI and Sports Ireland and this kind of stuff so you know it's, it's going to be very hard And um, but the girls do definitely deserve you know to be semi-professional and to get paid for, for what they're doing but as Stephen said, it has to be right. That's the key. And again, that's my my own opinion. Um, and 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 hopefully, hopefully, in the next number of years, we'll see we'll see that coming on board. It would help, uh, Stephen. Obviously, one of the things that would help certainly in the short term, like obviously, if the, if players are going to be lost to other leagues, some sort of trickle down payment system for the likes of Rihanna Jarrett, obviously, that would have uh, left from your own your own side. I know Ella Malloy obviously will get a lot of interest as well. As you said, she's out injured at the minute, but that might be a. I mean, I know it'll be a threat clearly to the uh, foundation of the league, but if it is to happen, some sort of a um, trickle-down payment system would help. Yeah, definitely. Look, and if you're listening to, like, even you're probably looking back and, and the seven players that did leave Shelburne, like, they're, they're all top players. Like, and Pima would have lost a couple of players and other clubs would have lost one, maybe two. Um, all really top players. Like, and, and what you don't want to come to the case, like, a lot of times even when the transfer windows open in England and they can come in and just take, don't have conversations with the players without even talking to the club and you know, they could just get a phone call or a text and say that the players are gone. Like, so you just don't want that to happen. I think then once that happens and there's probably clubs are getting a little bit of compensation around it, it actually might keep the players within the, within the, mm. the league as well because I don't think they're going over getting massive money either. Like, um, But the lower professional football and probably facility-wise and everything over there is probably a step maybe two steps above what we what we have in, in Ireland here at the moment and that's just the, the nature of most of them clubs being um, partnered in with, with with men's club that are in first divisions or or um, league ones or premier division clubs like so they have the facilities and everything at their disposal like but like so sometimes you look at maybe the level of football like can we aspire to get to that level of football especially maybe the, the second tier in, in, in English football and John, if we can play the players something amount and they can stay around locally, um, I think that would really help. But like that, you said, if if there was some sort of compensation, but like that to be the league has to go professionals for that to happen. Like and it's just like like Tommy said, it's a lot of moving parts and you see now even the, the conversations that IRFU are having with the mm. players trying to get professional, like and you're seeing the amount of money they're offering and different things, like and it's 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 not going down really too well, like so like and they are a massive organization and it's it's probably a smaller pool of players like that that you're trying to so just, just it's briefly interesting to see how that comes about like and what comes of that as well going forward just briefly that seems so like I, I've done work for the Greyhound board and and Horse Race in Ireland in recent months right so I'm just just put that out there um, but like I speak to people in, in the gambling industry um, some betting shops say in Britain now the percentage of money betting that shop on horse racing would be say 8 to 10% right so basically the, the betting on sport now is becoming more so football than horse racing. Yes, you know, you have the government money from the gambling industry, which is colossal. Um, 
effectively in an anachronistic sense going to the two sports on which people used to bet but not on which they bet now so what the lads are talking about here is could you at least not get the government to start um, putting money into supporting clubs academies and supporting like getting facilities and getting structures in place such that we can keep players and coaches in this country and build a product from within and reflect the fact that a lot of gambling money is coming from football now and it's not coming from the other sports because um, I think on on an academy level I've seen myself you know even even in Longford the other night to see the reception that the young kids got to, I think it was under 17 who won their uh, tier 3 league and they, they, they were paraded on the pitch the, for Longford to run an academy is desperately tough and then to run like uh, the women's side of it as well I think the government really really needs to look at this and get a proper football industry in this country we have the money but we don't have what we could have yeah definitely I my background would be coming from uh, like a volunteer coach and I would have worked with the association as a development officer and then we're left at and managing West Reduce at the moment. Like So I can see that, that point. Like, and a lot of times the money funnels up to the top part of the, the game where a lot of times it's... And we've made a massive effort in Wexford this year and, and over the last two years we, we had an academy of 13s and 15s running in, in SCTU Carlo and, and this year now we've an under-15s academy team that are actually going over to Celtic Next week, we've created a partnership with Celtics that are going over training and playing over there. So it's something that we've really... If you talked about Wexford Juice before I came in here, there was probably only the 17s team and the 19s that are developing. And most clubs will have the 17s and 19s, but like that academy is very, very important. You're getting these girls in at 12, 11, 12 in your 13s academy, and they're getting to know what Wexford Juice are about. Um, they're getting a feel for it. And hopefully the next five or six years, you're going to have a lot of players coming from the academy. We're at the moment in, in senior football... You're just trying to get players in. Like the minute the season's over, everyone everyone's going to be ringing around players trying to get them in, and be it West Virginia players, or we have to go out maybe try and get a couple of players. And that's just the nature at the moment. But you'd like to have that academy structure in each club, good investment there, good facilities, infrastructure, and then it's just every year it's just players coming through the system, and and that will help a lot. I think in the women's game as well here, both in the level we're playing at, but also in junior level and school boy and school girl level. Yeah, certainly most uh, speeches you hear the de facto Minister for Sport, Jack Chambers, speaking about, he re- often references their uh, commitment to the now uh, wrapped up 20 by 20, or 2020 movement as he calls it, and uh, it would be good to see him engage, obviously, with the, the topics that we're talking about here and with people in the uh, WNL as well. Um, Tommy, before we let you away, uh, obviously the final weekend upcoming, the FAI Cup final after that, and given the conversation we've been having with you about the progression of that loan um, over the last 12 months like is it important to get over the line in one of those or do you just see it as stepping stones building for the future well, obviously look when, you, when you're in all any game you play you want to win it and um, I think it was a Damien Duff the quote there when, he, when, when they got to the final he said that he never really thought about it now that they're in it they want to win it and we're no different and we'd love to win it um, if we don't win it it's not going to be the end of the world because I think a lot of people out there never expected us to get this far so, and ourselves included, look, we look for, people ask you, yeah, you said you want a good cup run, what does that mean? Good cup run for us was getting to the semi-final because we never reached the semi-final phase. Now we're in the final, um, no, the girls have been fantastic and I think, you know, we'll reflect on the season, you know, obviously when the season is over, if we win it, fantastic, if we don't, it'll still be a very, very good season and um, I think these girls, if the club can keep this bunch of players together and as Stephen said, add a few more, well then... <laughs> you know, these girls can achieve an awful lot over the next three or four years. You're not extending Duffer's comments to be a little old, a little old at loan. Everybody hates us and we don't care. 
No, 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 no. Because look, in fairness, that loan are steeped in history and they are a big club. It's just, you know, the women's side of it has been just, is relatively new, as we said. I always said two and a half seasons because COVID was the first, you know, it was a short season and, you know, what, what we've achieved is fantastic. And I'd love to see you back on the men's level, Tommy. I'd love to see Atlanta back in the old days, so as good as you could be. Yeah, look, look. I mean, I think it's 2013 when they got promoted under Roddy Collins that time, and you know we've struggled ever since. And but in fairness to, to Dermot Lennon and, and Gordon Brett, they came in there um, about three or four months ago and they steadied the ship, and they got some very good results. Mm. And I, I definitely would say next year, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a lot. Um, they're going, to be, they're going to be a lot more uh, harder to beat and, and better to watch. And you know, if, if if the two guys are in place next year, we don't know. Nobody knows yet. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully in the next two or three years, my own young fellow is in the eleven, and all he talks about is that lone town. So Brilliant. I want him to see the glory days. Yeah, very good. Well, listen, whatever way the chips fall over the next couple of days, lads. Thanks, Millie, for jumping on us this morning, and best of luck. No problem, Thank guys. You. Thanks, Millie. OTB AM. With Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo.